You're listening to Great Relationships. So, hon, uh, how many of the family are coming over this time? Looks like we'll have a full house. Again. What are we having? Same as always. Turkey and stressing. Stressing? What causes the stress? Have you not been at the last few family get-togethers? Can't you tell it's always more stressful? The more family you add to the equation, the more stressful it gets. I'm a grown adult, and I feel like I've turned back the clock and I'm in grade school again when mom arrives. <laughs> That's funny you should say that. I feel exactly the opposite. Like, I'm the only adult in a room full of kids. There must be a better way. A way where we all seek each other's best and enjoy our family time. By the way, when we have family gatherings, I'm worried that you could actually think you ever act like an adult. Herman, I don't think they're grateful because they forgot to pray for their family stressing. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Well, let's pray before we move on then. Lord, we do thank you so much that doing relationships your way removes stress out of relationships. It causes stress to be almost non-existent because we're not making life about ourselves. Lord, I pray for clarity in our communication to help people have those type of relationships. In your precious name, amen. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you. And if you're just joining us and catching the drama and everything else and wonder what's <laughs> going on, you have tuned in to great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And right now, again, thank you for Herman Eben and myself, Paul Moore. We're looking at family stressing. Uh, you know, with the weather getting cooler in North America, it's kind of a, a lead-in to mm -hmm. all those gatherings and situations that we get into. And we've been talking about the problem of four mistakes. Yeah, last couple of weeks, right? In, in fact, what's what's very true, and we are talking about the concept of what happens during holiday times, but it's it happens anytime families get together, right? I mean, these type of things, this concept of family stressings, <laughs> just like turkey and stressing, you know, like like you were saying. Well, I don't want to sound like a turkey, but you know, family must have something to do with all this stressing. Absolutely, it does. It has a lot to do with it because those are the relationships that the judgments are talking about. Those are the relationships where we have the most emotion tied into it. Okay, so before we go further, I got to ask this. So if I'm an orphan, I'm off the hook, right? Or is this any kind of family system? It is going to be any type of family system. I don't have any research to show that it would be different for an orphan. It's going to be occurring in any relationship where you have more investment emotionally. So anytime you are invested more emotionally, you're going to see the problem and the four mistakes show up more dramatically. Okay, so real quick, the problem is anytime I make it about me, Right. And the four mistakes. The four mistakes. You end up having the politician operate on opinion and emotion. You had the victim keeping the past in the present. You have the actor wearing a mask. And you have the dictator who is trying to change other people. So you have those four common mistakes. Those, again, as we have always said, those may not be all the mistakes, but they cover a lot of ground. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it certainly covers the 80% of the mistakes that you're facing in relationships, maybe even above 95%. This problem in the four mistakes, right? It shows up during the holidays. We see it at weddings. We see it at funerals. 
we see at any time there's this get-together. That's right. Where this structure starts manifesting itself. Is that a way to think about it? That's exactly right. Whenever you have a structure in a family system that's been created to try to protect yourself or try to get your way uh, opposed to somebody else's, uh, this, this problem is going to show up even more dramatically. Wow. So is that why, you know, I, I live away from my parents? So is that why my wife and I and our family is one way and somehow when I re-enter the environment, I suddenly become stupid? Yeah, <laughs> it's not that you become stupid, but at the same time, the structure that you're entering back into with your parents, you either enter that structure with a mindset. In some ways, I'd, I could ask you the question, do you feel younger when you're with them or do you feel older when you're with them? I'm not sure what I feel because and I'm going to say it this way. I have a friend. He doesn't drink. He's an athlete. He's always running. He's doing healthy things. He watches his diet. He goes home, and he's got a drink in his hand everywhere he goes. Yeah, trying to uh, somehow soothe his emotions, soothe his feelings, get some sort of a reform in his mind as he's to what's going on. He's medicating something. Yeah, I don't know exactly what that's right. about. That's but. exactly right. Well, typically what happens when we get around our parents, you will tend to experience life the way it was before. I felt, my parents are, have uh, passed away, but I felt older when I was with my parents because of the dynamic of having to take care of them for a number of years after I had been grown. I, I felt like I was the parent to them. But there was plenty of other families that I've talked to where a child goes to be with, a fa with the uh, mother and the father and they feel much younger. They feel like they're back in you know elementary school uh, again. And that's the concept of structure demanding behavior. The structure that you have experienced in that relationship is demanding certain behavior out of you. So yeah, when you get around them, some of the key issues that show up are the actor mistake. Remember the actor mistake? The actor mistake is you put on this mask and you become somebody that you're really not. When we get around them, we tend to put on this mask and we're not being the real person that we have developed away from that relationship. That's what's so sad. And that one brings out very pointedly the idea of walking on eggshells. Uh, you know, I don't want to bring that topic up. That's, that's, a, that's a topic that creates fights. I don't even want to talk about religion. I don't want to talk about politics. I certainly don't want to talk about that. That's what typically happens when you get around those type of situations. It creates all sorts of stress because you're not being a real person. And when you, when you violate not paying attention to your values, whether they're good or bad values, when you don't pay attention to your values, it creates tension and stress in your life. Okay, so I don't have the freedom to live my values. Well, if I suddenly decide to do it, am I being a bully? Well... What's so interesting about that statement? Right. That you, I mean, they've taken the freedom out. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, they haven't taken the freedom. You're the one that has removed your freedom. That's what the deal is. You are free to say something. They're free to get mad. What you're basically saying here, if you go back and listen to this mistake, the wearing a mask, the being an actor, when you go back and look at that mistake, what you're basically saying now think about this statement I'm getting ready to say to you. You're basically telling yourself you're free to lie, but you're not free to tell the truth. 
That's really what you're saying. I don't know that I want to sign up for that. Yeah, it sounds pretty awful, doesn't it? I'm not willing to share the truth with them and how life really is working with me and the way that I'm thinking about you. I'm not willing to share the truth, so I, but I am free to lie about it. <laughs> that sounds awful, doesn't it? I'm going to think about that because I think in a lot of situations, that's the case. It really is. It is the case because we don't sell out to truth. We only sell out to wanting to feel good about our situation. And I don't want to create a conflict and therefore create a problem for me and the people around me. They're free. They're not free to get mad. So I've got to rein myself in and not share the truth. And I'm not free to share it with them. I'm free to lie, but I'm not free to share the truth with them. That's how that typically works. (laughs) Okay. So how do I get out of that hole? Well, it's a matter of getting into reality. You are free to share the truth. You are free. Wait a minute. Reality had nothing to do with this from the beginning. I get you. The moment I got the invitation, reality packed its bag and left. I get you. We can talk about it more after the break, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) So there you are. You know, this is about the time where I'd say something cute like, take the stress out of your relationships by making them great. Yeah. (laughs) Greatrelationships.com. But you know what? It's true. You can take the stress out of your relationships by making them great. Greatrelationships.com. GR, numeral eight, relationships.com. Great definitions for great relationship. God's complementary designs. Men and women are created equal in value, but different in design and role. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God that you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign, seriously. I'm here to tell you about Grace, Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down www.gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Now get going! We're back. You're listening to Great Relationships. And we promise if you hang out, you can take the stress out of your relationships by making them great. This material is coming from what chapter? This is all part of Chapter 5, the first section in Chapter 5. If you want to think of it as 5A, you can do it that way. And the website is greatrelationships.com, GR8relationships.com. Oh, please go there. I would really appreciate any one of you signing up 
and helping us out to keep this uh, radio show on the air and keeping all this material available for people so that we don't have to charge much. At this point in time, we're charging $25 for 30 hours of video, and it's soon to be 48 hours of video once we go to uh, version 2. This is all volunteer, and we're just yeah. simply trying to pay for the gas. We're willing to trust the Lord, whether he wants us on the air or not. <laughs> Before the break, we were talking about walking on eggshells. We mm-hmm. were talking about the fact that when I go to one of these get-togethers, I have the freedom to lie to wear a mask, but I don't have the freedom to tell the truth. And I was saying, but Herman, you know, I think you said get into reality. I said, huh, when I got the invitation, reality was already packing its back. That's right. We tend to go, in, as we said, go back into those gatherings with a family and we have all this past history with them and we know what tends to create a problem for other people in the family and I'm not saying it's bad to not bring things up, but at the same time, you're not going to have a relationship that's going to be fulfilling. You're not going to have a relationship that will be what you would like it to be if you're not willing to share the truth with each other, if you're not willing to at least move in the direction of saying, you know, we really haven't dealt with this. Should we deal with this? That's that's a key. I, I love the, the statement that Dr. Fred Librand uses. And we have adopted it, which is great relationships or superior relationships or good relationships. Any adjective that you want to use, good relationships leave a trail of resolved issues. And what typically happens when you get together in these family gatherings around the holidays or anything else, it's generally about an issue that has not been resolved. It's typically about something that a person is still hanging on to tightly and they have to have it their way or somebody else is basically saying, I've got to have it my way. It's something that's unresolved. And that's what typically creates these problems. The family stressings or the turkey and stressings, that's what typically creates this problem. One person or multiple people are saying it's got to be my way, and it creates sides in the organization or the company or even the family. Okay, so help me out for a second. I'm going to take that for a second, Um, and I'm going to go back to the missionary the other day who was at church, and he was talking about sharing the gospel in closed countries, and sometimes he would meet, for lack of a better term, a coffee club, right, where there'd be four or five people, and only maybe one person out of the four or five would be receptive to the gospel. Right. So, okay, I'm doing my best to live in truth. Herman, I've gone out to the website, I've signed up, I'm watching the videos, I've downloaded the study guide, I'm journaling, I'm doing all these things, Mm -hmm. I've got an accountability partner, so I'm trying my best. I show up into my gathering, Mm -hmm. and now I'm the only person that just walked into a room full of sick people. What am I supposed to do, right? You don't send a healthy person or a person getting better into a room full of sick people to cure them. They turn around and make you sick again. Right. And what happens most of, most of the time when we have started paying attention to truth and how we want to operate in our relationships, we show up in that situation with potentially unhealthy people and you stop being the catalyst that God is wanting you to be. This is a key term that we used with in great leaders. If you 
don't become a catalyst. You become just like the group that you're around. Structure demands your behavior. So let's let me tell you what a catalyst is. I was going to say you got to help me with this. Yeah, a catalyst. If you go look up the definition of a catalyst, you're going to find something along the line of it's it's an agent that creates or speeds up change in a chemical reaction or anything, primarily in a chemical reaction, because that's how catalyst is normally used. Good. So So I'm going to go impose my will and I'm a catalyst. (laughs) No, if you're a catalyst, let's just keep it on the chemical terms, you get thrown into the mix and you speed up change of the other chemicals that are around you. Okay. Now, the latter part of the definition is even more important. The catalyst does not get changed to be like the other chemicals. Now, just get that picture. A catalyst is something that's thrown into the mix. It speeds up change of the other chemicals, but it doesn't get changed. See, that's the way Jesus Christ entered into any relationship. He was a catalyst to cause people around him to see, oh, he's going he's gonna to create some change here, and he never became like them. Though. So let me restate this to see that I'm getting this. We're using Christ as our example. Like Christ, I walk into this situation. I give freedom. I give love, or as you would say, I try to pursue their best patiently, kindly, sacrificially, unconditionally. Right. That definition of love. I try to do this for them. Right. And if they want to be jerks, they're free to be jerks. If, however, I'm going to accept them how and where they are, but I'm going to live my good values. And you give me the example of Christ because Christ had all this array of people around him. He didn't change, but yet he still gave love and acceptance. Absolutely. You got it. That's exactly the point. So when you go into that family gathering, you're not going into it being changed to be like them. You're going into it being changed to be like God wants you to be and listening to the Lord saying, you know, they don't have to pay attention to me. They don't even have to treat me well. But God is asking me to glorify him by treating them well and sharing the truth appropriately. You know, before we started talking about this, when I go to a gathering, it has been an exercise in martyrdom. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until we started talking about that that I saw that that whole martyr mindset was wrong. Yeah. We tend to think it's our job, and here's part of the problem. I don't want to be there because I know that I've got this issue with them. And therefore, (laughs) therefore, it does become this martyr complex or it creates making it about me for me to go instead of going, you know what? The Lord put me in this family for a reason. God put me in the context of these people for a reason. I'm ignoring the fact that God may want me to be used at this time to share some truth, or it may never be needed to be shared at this point in time. But I'm definitely not going to lie. You're going to tell me that this is going to go back to the fundamental choice? Without a doubt, it always does, right? Every situation in life always comes back to, am I going to trust God or trust something other than God? God put me in this family for a good reason. Am I going to be a martyr and think that somehow I'm I'm sacrificing to have to go be with these awful people. And that's why God put me here. That's right. So that I can be a martyr all the time. <laughs> so that's not right. Oh, obviously it's not. It's not right at all for us to maintain that mindset. Jesus was truly a martyr and he didn't have that mindset. He simply shared the truth with people. He 
love them enough to share the truth. And sometimes we can share the truth with people and it's not going to work for us. It's not going to make us happy, may not make them happy, but it was the right thing to do. And that's strange because when I think about it now as you're talking, so much of Jesus's ministry, while that's recorded, was at a gathering. Mm-hmm. A meal, a mm-hmm. wedding, something. So you know there had to be a lot of people making it all about them. Right. And Jesus never made it about himself. And that's what God has called us to do. Be like Jesus. When I get with my family or you get with your family, what we need to be thinking about is not whether I'm going to be happy It's whether I'm going to be pursuing their best, whether I'm willing to sacrifice for their good, whether I am willing to encourage us to resolve this issue as opposed to letting it stand out there and create problems for us so we can't enjoy each other. We don't have the tendency to consider doing that. We tend to go, no, it's just, it's, I just don't like being around them. I'd rather not be there. I'd rather be off by myself doing my own thing. And I'm entitled to, or I deserve. And guess what they're thinking? The same types of things. (laughs) Thank you, Herman. And before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. We'll be back right after this. Important key elements for great relationships. This is what relationship mistakes may look like. A politician operates on emotions and opinions. A victim keeps the past in the present. An actor wears a mask and a dictator tries to change others. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great. And not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral 8 relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Taking the stress out of relationships, it happens to be great relationships. Find us at greatrelationships.com, gr-8relationships.com. Before the break, we were talking about gatherings and how the, of the mis- four mistakes, we tend to wear a mask. Hmm. We're not free to share the truth, but we're free to lie. And most of the recorded history of Jesus, he's at a gathering and he never buries the truth. He, he never lied. Yeah, he had never he'd never buried the truth because number one, he never made it about himself. He was always interested in doing what the father asked him to do. That's that's the reason why he 
was beaten and tortured and suffered unjustly because it was a decision between he and the father, if you want to think of it that way, that he would come do this for us. And I will do what you want me to do, father. I will pay attention to what you want me to do. It's not a matter of whether people are liking me or disliking me. I'm doing what you called me to come do. But he was a martyr. He actually was a martyr. But he didn't live a martyr. It was, hey, that looks good. Let's eat. (laughs) That's right. He ended up not using the term martyr from the viewpoint the way we think about it. Oh, I'm a victim, you know, all this type of stuff. No, he actually was sacrificed for us, the true sense of what a martyr is. What we do when we get around family, we end up thinking that somehow we're being mistreated when we may not be mistreated at all. And even if we were... God called us to suffer unjustly. We see that in 1 Peter chapter 2. God called us to suffer unjustly, just like Christ suffers unjustly. And that is the key issue for us. Am I willing to do what God has called me to do? Am I willing to go through life thinking about it's all about me and I can't be happy as opposed to, Lord, you put me in this situation. I'm going to trust you. I know that you put me in this family for a good reason. Am I glorifying you or am I trying to glorify myself and feel good about me? We had talked before about the two circles. I encourage people to go back and find that program on our website, listen to it, or look in the study guide. You've got instructions. You've got all kinds of things. And that's in chapter... It is in chapter five and in chapter eight, the first section of chapter five, the, the two circles. And the reason why I bring it up is this, the two circles, right? The left hand is making it all about me. The right hand making it about others and pursuing their best. These gatherings tend to drive me, tend to help me justify being in this left-hand circle. That's right, because the problem with all of us is we make it all about ourselves. We want life to go our way. How many times do we have to say that? We need to say it constantly. We could probably have a radio program that that's all we said every every second, and still people would go, well, what's the problem? You know? Well, part of the problem is I wasn't asking the right question, because before I used to say, am I making this about me? And I had justification, and then one day you said, Paul, How are you making this about yourself? That's right. Yeah, when we truly get into the mindset of reality, reality says we are continually making life about ourselves. So when I really thought this gathering was about that they are kind of crummy, it's really... I'm thinking crummy. That's right. You're thinking crummy because you don't have a mindset that Christ is saying to you, I called you to this. I wanted you to uh, go be a minister of mine to the family. And why aren't you trusting me? Yeah, and why aren't you trusting me? You're trusting yourself. You're trusting in your emotions. You're trusting in the way that you think. You're not looking at life through my eyes. That's the concept of godliness when you start seeing life through God's eyes. Okay, how can I know that I'm starting to circle this vortex of doom? Anytime we start experiencing some of those negative emotions, it's a true indication that your thinking is wrong. I like the way that uh, David Curtis, a friend of ours, uh, uh, tends to talk about it and the way that uh, it has been mentioned a variety of times. The feelings are like lights on the dashboard telling you there's probably something wrong under the hood, right? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the way you want to think about this. Any of those negative emotions are telling you something that is flashing at you going, whoa, 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 slow down, wait a second. 
And generally, you need to look at your thinking, and your thinking is what's driving those emotions. I must have a burnt fuse because I never see those indicators. <laughs> yes. <right. laughs> so, Herman, let me ask you, what one thing could I take from this? I tell you, it's, it's so important for us to uh, keep in our mind this, this whole idea that we are simply not living our life correctly. It's so important. I think the way we started off talking about you're free to lie versus you're free to ch- share the truth. <laughs> I think that it, that is so graphic for our mind to grab a hold of. We end up thinking that it's okay to lie instead of share the truth. Let's let's get into reality here. What God is wanting you to do is be a person that says, I want to share the truth. I want to figure out a way to resolve our problems rather than leaving them open. I want to figure out how to help this relationship with my family grow and become better. So I'm no longer free to lie. I'm only free to tell the truth. Appropriately, with love, of course. Remember, it's very easy to teach people how to lie. Remember that. Go go look at those videos there in Chapter 5 also. Thank you, Herman. And before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow, I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich Maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Days like this are too good to be true, but great relationships are possible. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.